Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude, uh, good to see you. Dude, happy new year. Happy new year, dude. Uh, how's it going? It's going good. We are recording here on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Happy holiday to you. It's Thank nice you, not dude. to be working. Thank you, dude. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners who are staying with us. I know uh, some people have reached out. Appreciate that. We are back again, of course. And yeah, this, and I think in a more regular swing now. I really... Know. Well, how many times have we said that No, but dude, well, I mean, but I, I do think that, uh, you know, I've been taking my Metamucil. I'm feeling more podcast regular. Good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that, there dude. There you go, dude. It'll be free-flowing, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Unstoppable, in a way. Unstoppable. An avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> a river. <laughs> Well, dude, I know there are things to talk about in terms of how this team is playing on the ice, but given the stuff that has happened since we last broadcast, I don't know if we're going to get to a lot of that today. <laughs> because looking at the the Sharks' record since we last recorded in late December and January here, Sharks are about 500. Yeah. They're sort of where they were last time. This is a 500 team. This is a 500 at, at, team. At best. At best. At best, yeah. right? I mean, and, and I think... You know, there's there's a, a true pattern here, right? Like the Sharks are very competitive and beating, more often than not, the bad or average teams, right? You see uh, wins over Arizona, over Philadelphia twice, over Buffalo, a split with Detroit, right? Uh, and then uh, you see three losses to the Rangers and the Penguins. The Sharks are, if you look on Sagarin ratings, which I, is a, a statistical site that I like, uh, I think they are uh, 3 and 12 or something against the top 10 teams in the NHL, which right. is about right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's 3 and 8. Three Still, and not, not good. No. Not good. And, you know, they've racked up most of their wins against teams that are outside of the top half of the NHL which is good enough to put you in the conversation for the last wildcard spot, which is where they are. But that's even a major mirage because the Canadian teams have five games in hand because they're not playing any hockey. Right. So th- this is about where they should be. Where we expected. Sure. Probably even a little bit better. I think better. it's better, dude. I think it is better than we expected, yes. I would say. The Sharks, uh, you know... They were competitive in both the Ranger and the Penguin game. They just couldn't score, right? Yeah, they just couldn't score. They cannot. Yeah, that's, they can't and, score. And right? that's the major and, malfunction with the Sharks in a nutshell. And so you know, they did a good job holding two high power teams to to two goals. Really, right? right? And it, they got beat by Sidney Crosby and OT. There's no shame in that. Mm-hmm. Right. And they did well. They were very competitive against the Rangers. Sharks cannot. They had so many power play opportunities against Pittsburgh. So many. They even had they, they had a four minute major one. They could not convert. Right. So if you can't 
convert on those types of situations against a good team, then then you're not going to win very many games. No, dude. no, you're not. You're not. You are, and let's let's look to see where the sharks are in terms of. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find out where they rank league wide for power play. Trying to find it's out. Interesting because I remember at the beginning of the year it was much improved, and now it appears to have uh, taken a pretty decent dip. At least you know by the eye test against the Pittsburgh game. This team is scoring challenged outside of their top three offensive players. Side of Meyer, Hurdle, and Couture, not a lot going on. Yep, and they are below league average in power play percentage. Uh, what is this? Power play goals against. They are actually better than league average. So their PK is good, better than league average. But their power play is not. So special teams wise, um, you know, they are it's a wash, but the problem is is that if you are a scoring challenge team and you can't score with the man advantage, it's hard to win games. And dude, I mean, if you're looking for bright spots in these last, you know, last stretch of games, the fact that Aiden Hill seems to sort of figured out, you know, he in four of his last five starts have been I would say, you know, not just above average, but but good. Like, I mean, like good starts, you know. Reimer got hurt. Reimer played like crap at the beginning of, uh, you know, sort of in that December stretch. He was horrible after the, the, the COVID postponement break and those games that were like 32 to 30 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple of those games. Reimer was terrible. The team was terrible defensively in front of him, but he was a horrible. And Hill was out. And Hill, since coming back, has kind of claimed that that starting spot again. And, you know, dude, I, I, personally, I would... These guys, this is our goalie tandem for, for the next year and a half, right? I, They're both signed so. for two years. Yeah. They are. I would prefer that this play out that it is Aiden Hill that continues to get the majority of the starts because we need to find out if he is the long-term solution here. See, I have a slightly different perspective on that because, you know, I've talked about this in several shows in the past. This might be the strategy going forward is you find an Aiden Hill and you find a James Reimer and you sign him for two years. And then if they're good, you sign him for two years. And then if they're not good... You find another Aiden Hill and another James Reimer. Okay. Because this, it, there's been way too many contracts where you go sign Bobrovsky for, you know, two decades and you're like, oh, he's not good now. So we have to do something about it. And I think it's just a lot harder to predict a good goalie versus a decent skater these days. And sure. If the Sharks decide to go with these two-year stints on goalies for the foreseeable future, I think that's a pretty practical maneuver. Yeah, honestly. All right, dude, you, you've you've uh, you've sold me on your uh, on your GM strategy, dude. Dude, speaking of GMs, should we be concerned that Doug Wilson remains out yeah. on a temporary medical leave that is now almost at the two-month mark? Yeah, I'm concerned. I certainly, without any information, it's so hard to know how serious this is so or they isn't. They cited a, a persistent cough was what was 
written about. I went back and looked and they said he's had a persistent cough since training camp and it's impacting his sleep. That was what was said. That's that's a weird description. It's just odd. I know. I'm just saying that the fact that there's been no update on it and now we're at almost the two month mark. What? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's. I don't. I I don't know. It's. It has to be something, right? Yeah. Something is going on, or he would have been back a couple weeks later instead of now at month two. So, of course, wishing Doug Wilson the best. Of course, of course. Right. Just to f- finish on the goalie uh, discussion, dude. Aiden Hill save percentage now at nine oh six, which actually technically is above league average. Surprisingly, the league average save percentage right now is nine oh five, and it was in the eights, dude. It was yeah. in the eights, yeah. so he he has improved for sure. He has rehabilitated his save percentage. That's he has. For sure. He has. I mean, the Sharks are in a better situation now, goaltending wise, than they've been in several years. Right. For sure, and that's has a lot to do with them being. More than competitive against below average teams, and you know, on they're able to be in the conversation against good teams, not get embarrassed sometimes. And <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the opportunity was there. They could have definitely beat Pittsburgh. They could have beat the yeah. Penguins yeah. Uh, the other night. They could have, and uh, they just could not get enough offensive chances converted right against Louis Domingue who was their third string goalie emergency starter right because they weren't going to start Jari and DeSmith was uh on the COVID list I think yeah yeah well dude we we need to talk about the big thing that happened to the Sharks in the last couple weeks here certainly it things are looking rosier from the Sharks goaltending perspective I think what has recently happened uh, makes the Sharks look a lot more rosy in terms of a contract and salary cap perspective. The Sharks have given new information about Evander Kane, are now trying to terminate his contract. Allegedly, Kane tested positive for COVID in late December and then uh, lied about it on his way into Canada, which you know the Canadian authorities don't like so much. Uh, so... I think they're trying to take that as grounds to terminate his contract. He apparently went to Vancouver while COVID positive. And, uh, you know, that's just, it's it's a dick move. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's, uh, and the part two to it is that, you know, he was supposed to report back to the Barracuda after his 10 days uh, being uh, in the quarantine. And he, according to the Sharks, did not. Right missed that return date by several days. So these are the grounds for terminating his contract. This is why, you know, according to Elliot Friedman, the Canadian authorities have now taken inch. This is not just a NHL problem now. That's right. If Evander Kane entered the country of Canada illegally, then he has a, a, a whole other problem. Right. Right. And the NHL has basically put a pause on Evander Kane being able to join some other team that may be dumb enough to bring him in. I mean, this guy is TNT, man. Yeah. I mean, like, he he is a total numbskull. Yes. And I can't, I just don't understand why anybody would want 
to bring him in to their team culture. I just I can't imagine it. Why? Why does and why does anybody? I know uh, talent generates interest, I guess, but come on, it's really surprising to me. I mean, certainly the evidence has been there for a very long time that Evander Kane has been you know this jerk, right? And and that's one thing. The guy just got suspended for 20 games for forging a vaccine card, okay? And then not two months later, he tests positive for COVID and lies about it. This actually now turns him into an idiot, right? It's one thing to be a jerk. It's another thing to be stupid. And how did, how did he think the league would respond to things like that? Did it, oh, yeah, they'll let this go even though they just suspended me for 20 games? I mean, this is, this is an incredible lack of foresight I on mean, his part. I mean, add the bankruptcy, yes. which is fact, add the alleged you know, uh, pay-for-abortion scandals, add the alleged uh, abuse of his uh, ex-wife on top of all of it, dude. Right. All of it. Put together... Why would you want this guy around? It's just unbelievable. So you know what? Hey, g- a good luck to you if you want to bring this guy in. He's not going to change. Right. He's, he's not. There, how many, you know, like Ken Hall is like, I believe in second chances. <laughs> how about 20 second chances, yeah, right. right? I mean, like this is this guy's 20 second chance, right? He's basically blown up at three different teams at this point. And uh, I, I can't imagine how you think this is going to end well. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and, so, and certainly, if you're not a Doug Wilson fan, this is exhibit A as to why Doug Wilson shouldn't be the GM of the Sharks. And you know what? That's that's a persuasive argument. That's an argument that's hard to uh, refute. I mean, certainly in retrospect, the actions surrounding uh, signing Evander Kane and thus having to get rid of Joe Pavelski seems to be the most boneheaded move that Doug Wilson has made in his tenure, and Joe Pavelski continues to produce. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I would imagine if you could get uh, a scotch in Doug Wilson, he might uh, tell you the same thing, right? Sure. I mean, he, sure. there's no way he can be pleased with with how this played out, except for Evander Kane has gift-wrapped a solution for the Sharks. That's right. <clears throat> Do you think somewhere like they're, you know, saying, hey, uh, Vlasic, would you mind doing something like this? <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I mean, you know, this is a massive headache for, you know, you know, there are some bad contracts on the Sharks. There's more than one, right? But these guys are not raging a-holes. That's right. Right? They're not like actively disrupting the the team culture and chemistry. They just aren't worth the money they've been signed for. That's not necessarily their fault, right? Yes. So, well, I mean, it is in a way. Well, okay, but, but dude, but I mean, but you know, if, if you're, you know, if someone wants to greatly overpay you for your talent level or services, well, then, you know, you take the money and you do the best you can, right? That's right. I think of, you know, a, a name that immediately comes to mind is, is Brent Seabrook, right? Sure. Brent Seabrook was the tandem with Duncan Keith in Chicago for many years, very beloved by the fans, very beloved by his teammates, and over the last few years of his contract was vastly overpaid given his production and ability, but no one on the team wanted him gone because he was a valuable member of the team sure. and a valuable teammate that everybody sure. liked. Yeah, absolutely. And Kane he, is not that. So Kane is gone, right? He's gone. And this is going to an arbiter likely because the players association is challenging. 
So we're waiting. The NHL is doing an investigation over the uh, border crossing shenanigans. Right. And we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I think it's true. I mean, like, uh, why would I think anything else? Right? I, I don't think the facts are in dispute. I think the dispute right now is whether those actions are grounds enough to terminate the contract. Mm, well, uh, we'll see. Right? We'll see. The one uh, thing that I like about this is is two things. One is obviously the salary cap benefit that the Sharks would get if they terminate the contract. The other is there was this l- small part of me that was worried, given the Sharks' scoring problem, that the Sharks... And and Kane was producing, was producing at more than a point per game pace for the Barracuda. I was still a little worried that the Sharks might bring him back. Right. And this tells me very clearly the Sharks are not interested in this guy. Right. Like they are done with Evander Kane. And that makes me really happy. Yeah, absolutely, dude. So uh, now we just wait. We wait to see if the Sharks have been, you know, gifted through idiocy, you know, $7 million of cap space over the next several years, right? Which takes us into our next topic. There is another player who uh-huh. uh, is likely going to get at least $7 million, right? Uh, of that uh, cap space, right? Either with the Sharks or another team. Does this opening on the Sharks roster increase the likelihood that the Sharks keep Tomas Hurdle now? The answer is, of course it does. The second question, though, is should it, right? Those are two things. This is, is ought, right? I think the fact that the Sharks have seven more more million dollars in cap space, Tomas Hurdle is a very good player, maybe should have been an all-star. Timo Meyer is the Sharks' all-star, but he's in that conversation. He's an all-star caliber player. The Sharks have extra money. Of course, they're going to think more about keeping him. The question is, should they? That's a much tougher question for me. And I think we said on the last show, should the Sharks trade Tomas Hurdle? And I think my answer is, of course they should trade Tomas Hurdle. And I think my answer does not change, even with $7 more million of cap space. This is not a team that needs another big dollar long-term contract. This is, as we have said in the beginning of the show, this is not a playoff team. You keep Tomas Hurdle, it's not a playoff team. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I love the guy. I think he's great for the culture of the team. He's a very likable person. He's exactly the kind of player that you want. The problem is the Sharks want to be good. If they want to be good, you can't keep them. And that sucks. Yeah, You, you have made my exact argument, dude. If the Sharks trade Tomas Hurdle, is there a major gaping hole in their scoring output? Absolutely. It will be incredibly damaging, you know, to this team that is already very scoring challenged, right? Would it allow this team to possibly go from being a team that just misses the playoffs and picks 14th to being a team that then picks in that seven range again. I mean, look what happened. I mean, the Sharks picked in that range this last year and they got a potential, a potential franchise type player at seven, right? The Sharks keep hurdle. They hover around that wild card spot. Maybe they get in sometimes. Maybe they don't. 
other times. How does this team, what is the long-term future here? If you are able to trade Tomas Hurdle for a great package, which I believe could be out there, because he might be the best or one of the best players out there. I I did a little research, dude, and of course, I love uh, seeing other people's ideas of what could be out there, right? Crazy trade? Do I have crazy trade? Let's do it. Oh, maybe it's not. Gonna maybe work. not. <laughs> maybe it's not gonna work. Ah. All right. Well, anyways, dude. Um, no. If the Sharks are able, let's say the Minnesota Wild are interested, mm-hmm. and they call up and they offer their top prospect, Marco Rossi, for Tomas Hurdle, right now. Right. Right. Rossi, the number nine pick in the draft, just a couple years ago. Rossi. By all accounts, ready to like be an NHL player like next year, maybe with Eklund, mm-hmm. maybe with Dolan. Right. You've got the makings of a of a young top line. Yep. Yep. You do it. Yes. You do it. You do it a hundred percent. You can't like if they're gonna offer now, if they offer their number eight prospect, you hang up. Yes. And then if that's all people are offering, well, then maybe you do need to consider just keeping him, right? Okay, we just keep him. If you can't get a great package in return, would you rather have a 28-year-old 65-point forward or some team's eighth-rated prospect? Right. And a and a fourth-line guy or something. You know, it's... Yeah, I mean, like, you. Know, but if you can get Colorado... To offer new hook, like their yeah. top young center prospect, we don't need D. No, thank you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I think that, you know, we, we, you know, well, okay, I wouldn't say no thank you, right? If someone offers an elite D prospect, sure. you, but actually on the back end, like we've got some, you know, some future right. that's been displayed and you've got some guys who are you know you can't you can't really argue about Brent Burns he's been he's been solid he's been good he's been good and Carlson's been good right and Ferraro's Ferraro right and you know and Ryan Merkley he may not ever leave the lineup Mm -hmm. at this point right right which is great do you think we can get what I just described dude I think so I think it's I think that the the chances are good. Two things, right? One is Hurdle is a, a an asset to a team, and not even just on the ice, right? He is a zero problem kind of player, unlike Evander Kane, for instance, right? He's going to be a zero problem. If he's one of the top guys available or the top guy available, teams that are in that position where they see that opportunity, right? The Sharks have been in that position in the past. They see that opportunity. If we get this one piece, this could put us over the top. We could go from being the second or third seed in our division to the favorite in our division, right? Maybe I could see, you know, Minnesota, the only thing I would I would think about if I were Minnesota is I may not want to sell the farm because I'm looking at Colorado, right? And Colorado is a great team. And do you really want to go toe-to-toe with them and trade a lot of stuff? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. 
But, you know, I can in the East, for instance, there might be a different situation, right? You look at, you know, the Rangers are top in the Metro. Maybe the Hurricanes or the Caps or the Penguins want to take another crack at it, you know? Or the, the Panthers say like, hey, you know what? Tampa Bay is, they're vulnerable, yeah. right? Or even the Leafs, although I don't think the Leafs can fit in their structure. But you get one of these teams and they're like, all we need is that one guy. Sure, and the Rangers the have the second rated prospect system by the Athletic. So if you're able to get one of their top two, three, four prospects, right? They're not going to give you Lafreniere, right? But if they're willing to give you, you know, will they give you prospects number three and four? Both of them, right? You might be able to drive up this bidding war. Listen, if they can get Newhook or Rossi or one of these top guys, and then you go, yeah, okay, great. I, you know, and then who? The, and then you don't even have to ask them for the first. Right. They don't need Colorado's thirtieth pick. No. You know, give me, and then you know, with any of these teams, they're going to have to give you some salary back. Probably, right? Mm-hmm. So then you take, you know, um, a player that can help you right now, take a little salary back, ideally not for too much term, but maybe you can do the San Francisco Giants are so good at this. Like they take, they pay basically for picks, right? And they take back salary in order to get the player that they want, Right. I just think it's such an opportunity for the Sharks to possibly add to a young core that is very fragile and doesn't have, you know, a ton of immediate upside, you know, but if you can get, (laughs) if you can add one of those names that I just mentioned, it changes a lot. It changes a lot about the the future of this team. Right. I agree. The future is not now. No, and that that's the problem. That's the problem. Tomas Hurdle's twenty eight. You you know, given the current state of research, he's probably already passed his prime. Toma, if you sign Tomas Hurdle now, that means you want this team to win and do well in the next three years. And I just don't see a path to that. And that was the window in when these sharks got themselves into all these long term contracts because they were in that window legitimately when they made all these contracts. They right? were absolutely. They just gone to the Cup final. They were just in the uh, Western Conference Finals. Yep. They were there. They were close. The window was open. They were looking in the window, right? The window is shut. Right. <laughs> right. Know, so, and you know, Timo Myers, twenty-five. He's the guy. Yeah, absolutely. And you're gonna and 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 you are gonna have to pay him in a year. Right. You say, okay, we got a budget for that. You say, we got to let Hurdle go because we want a guy that's going to be great in three years. In three years, Tomas Hurdle's going to be 32 years old. Sure. And you got to think about, like, again, I keep, I'm stuck on Rossi's name, but like, or Newhook. You get a center who can play with Eklund. Good Lord. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, you might be able to reset your foundational trajectory, dude. Like, just being able to, to put two guys who are in their, early 20s together and just have them be the cornerstones of this team for a decade? Dude. Yeah, I know. You know, 
And, you know, I mean, Burns and Carlson have kind of done you a solid this year, right? Like, yeah, they played really well. They've reset their value, right? To, so then in the offseason, you might you might be able to move one of them. You yeah, might. I doubt. I, I'm going to take the no on no you side might, of that. But but you might. It was a it was a hundred percent no before, but you might now. Yeah, you're right, and and that that's the thing. It's just unfortunately these hard numbers are hard to get away from the sharks need to be good in three or four years. They don't need to be good next year. And they're, and they're not going to be good next year unless something so beyond anything that anyone could predict happens. Right. Right. And there's been a lot of positive, right? There's been, you know, some uh, development in some of these lower level, you know, bottom six players. I dude, you know, I love Jeffrey Vial. I love Jeffrey yeah. Vial. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, like yeah, I, he he has some skill. He reminds I me. Mean, he he reminds me of you know a a less turdy Sean Avery yeah. in that right. Sean Avery was a total pos right. right. I mean like, right. and Vial is not at that level, but he is a pain to play against. He will always stick up, and he does have some skill. Yes, right. He's mm-hmm. not a zero out there on the fourth line. So, I mean, keep playing this guy. I want a longer look at Raska, right? I like Jasper Weatherby. Don't scratch him. Right. Let him play through all of this. Let him figure it out, right? Merkley and Megna, the fact that they've, they have grabbed onto that third pairing Mm -hmm. to the point where they just, they cannot play Shimmick anymore. Right. Because what's the point, right? And Shimmick is dead money. LeBanc, Dead money, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're getting almost you're getting almost nothing out of out of them, right? So that's that's seven million dollars. So, and there's nothing, not a lot you can do about it. Yeah, yeah, right. But I don't. I like that they're not just well. We got to play Shimmick because we're, we're we're paying, paying him. him. No, like the other two guys, those two guys, they could be on the team. Well, Merkley, you know, finally, like he's not, you're not seeing it on the offensive end, although he had an incredible sort of Eric Carlson, like end to end skating moment Mm -hmm. against Pittsburgh. Once he, he, the part that we thought would not come was his, the defensive part of it. That's the part that actually seems like it's there. Well, that's the part that keeps you in the league. Maybe he finally got wise because when you're a defenseman, if you're like, yeah, he's not really good on defense, but he can get shots through. It's like, you're not going to stay in the NHL with those, with that that balance of skills. Right. It's just, you can't be a young, well, especially on a team with Brent Burns and, and Eric Carlson on it. Right. I mean, if, if all you had were, um, you know, a bunch of Mark Edward Vlasics on your team, maybe they let you do some reckless things on the defensive side, but with two really good offensive defensemen, they just can't let Merkley be a swashbuckler like that. And, right. Right. And he's not doing it. I mean, he, he really not. isn't. He's, he's not. not. So, you know, dude, there's definitely some positive here, but we're going to learn a lot about, you know, the Sharks and what their plan is in the next few weeks, right? You know, because, dude, I, I'll be honest with you. I I think we're in agreement the Sharks should trade Tomas Hurdle. I don't think they're going to. And I wonder if the absence of Doug Wilson will play into that because if you're <laughs> if you're Joe Will 
and you have the reins right now, are you going to make that call? Are you going to say, this is one of the most beloved, maybe the most beloved player on the Sharks. I'm going to trade him as the assistant GM? I, I... Yes, a good point. I think it I mean, makes I would it even that, less likely that I think, it gets traded. Well, Doug Wilson is must be involved in every conversation that's happening. He's just not doing the day-to-day, right? But I mean, there's no way they could make that decision without him, right? Like, there's no way. But um, just given... We've seen the Sharks go two ways with this, right? We've seen them make painful decisions like trading Ryan Clow and Douglas Murray... While the team was in a, you know, playoff, you know, hunt, this is similar in some ways. It'd be very painful, right? Could you see a a similar situation where the Sharks trade Tomas Hurdle, they get a great bounty for him, right? Mm-hmm. And then in a different move, they bring in not hurdle, but they do like what they did. They they got rid of Clo and they got rid of Murray and they brought in Torres and they brought in Scott Hannon. Yeah. They brought in replacements that they got cheap. Yes. Right? Yes. They got cheap and it actually worked out fine. The team didn't do any better or worse because of it, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't be shocked by that, right? Especially if the Sharks are kind of hovering around the wild card. But I also don't know that that's the right thing to do. I think that the team should probably be better off if they were not good. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. But they're, they're not committed to that. Yeah, it's hard. You know, the Niners are in a playoff position. The Warriors are still good. There's also, you know, you're thinking about the market, right? I mean, the Sharks are not drawing. The NHL, you know, well, it, COVID, it's very hard to predict what's going to happen, but... You're certainly not going to gain a lot of butts and seats if the sharks get worse. <laughs> right. That that's true. But yeah, I don't know, dude. I it's mean, hard. I, I, it, it's it's hard. I just I I I think I, I feel like I I'm it's got to be difficult to step back and see the reality of the situation that you're in whether right. you still believe that this team I mean, can Doug Wilson say with a straight face that he still believes that this team could win a Stanley Cup? I mean, that's... How how could he say that? He couldn't. He couldn't. Right? So then if that's the goal and you're not there and you're not close, then why wouldn't you do something that, you know, adding a premium... Like, not a questionable young player, right? But a guy who you're like, this is about as close to a can't-miss... And a guy like Rossi that you could find, right? Okay, yeah. do it, right? Do it. Obviously, things get a lot murkier when they're not offering Rossi. They're offering the guy right below Rossi, or they're offering sure. the guy two slots below Rossi. And that's where these GMs make their money, right? You have to make that call. And I'm glad I'm not in that chair, because I think regardless of what happens, if Hurdle gets traded, you're going to get a lot of fans screaming that he was such a great guy and, and a great player. And both of those things are true. And if he doesn't get traded, you're going to get guys like us saying, what are you talking about? This team is not going to be good in the next three years. Why are, why are we committing more money and more term to people like that? I mean, you're going to have a significant portion of the fan base really angry at you regardless of what happens. And I guess part of the job is ignoring all that. 
Well, we'll be able to get a clearer view of who's sort of in playoff position, who isn't in the next couple of weeks. And then we'll have a better idea of who might be on the market, right? You know, I think there's a big difference between, you know, someone like Tomash Hurdle and another player who might be on the market is like Phil Kessel, right? I mean, like... That's not the same thing. It's not the same thing, right? So, I mean, like, if, if you're... If you're a team that is serious about winning, right, which, you know, as the score just popped up, ironically, the Wild are playing the Avalanche right now. <laughs> if you're the Avalanche and you've had back-to-back underachieving postseasons, yeah. I mean, this is, you know... What, one more year and, and everyone's going to start giving everybody the side eye. And yeah, I like, mean, Uh-oh. yeah, right. I mean, you know, are you entering Maple Leafs territory here? <laughs> Where you're just clearly it's not the right mix of people, talent, but not the right mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're committed, right? For sure. So, you know, if you are able to find a way to add a piece like Hurdle and you give up some of these young players that just, you know, their window is now. It is yes. now. Yeah. So, you know, if you're able to do that, I, I think they're going to be wanting to do that. So. And it's not like, it's, you know, and then you could choose to keep him if you wanted to. He'd be part of your, part of your, could be part of that core for years, right? Absolutely. So we'll see, dude. Big questions surrounding the Sharks here, dude. All right. Well, there's a game at one o'clock today uh, that I'm sure uh, when everybody's listening to this, it will already, uh, uh, dude, give me a crazy prediction for the game at one o'clock today. Sharks win eight nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you want a crazy prediction? I'll give you one. <laughs> I'm going to go um, uh, Aiden Hill scores a hat trick. <laughs> All right. No, uh, actually, the Kings are better, uh, higher than the standings than the Sharks are right now with the Canucks and the Kraken so bad. Yeah, dude, I got to tell you, it gives me such joy that the Kraken are bad. Me too. I'm so glad because, you know, all this, oh, you know, these people look out for the Kraken. Make yeah. it the I'm so glad they stink. Right. Enough of this expansion like greatness right off the bat. Kraken, uh, take your lumps, baby. Take your lumps. But if you told me at the beginning of the year that the Sharks would be in fourth in the division and two of the teams ahead of them in the division are the Kings and the Ducks, I would have wanted to know what you were drinking and ask for some. Sure. I mean, I think, again, it's a bit of a mirage, right? Because I think Calgary has five games that have been canceled right. and it will right. continue to pile up. Edmonton is, I mean, that's a, what a disaster. Yeah, I mean, like they <laughs> just is, are team is just... a disaster, right? So, um, you know, I, I think you look at the Pacific and, you know, I don't know. I mean, the, the muddiness of it probably doesn't play into the Sharks taste for trading Tomas Hurdle. Cause they probably, you look at this right now and you go, they're only six points out of the top spot. Yeah, but you're going to play the Knights in round two and no one or round one, and okay. you're never going to beat them. But, but I'm sure that's not what the, how they feel in the room. Yeah. Right? They're probably like, ah, yeah. So the fact that it is so tight, I mean, that could work against the Tomash Hurdle trade situation for sure. Like, I mean, that they feel like... They, and of course, what, dude? I want them to beat the Kings today, and I'm, this is my real prediction. I think today is going to be salty. Yeah, I'm going VL fight. Going VL fight. I'm going Ryan Merkley goal. Nice. 
And uh, I'm going uh, Bad Boys Bail Bonds uh, shirt in the camera. <laughs> of course. There we go. Of course. Oh, man. Oh, funny bit of trivia. I don't know if you saw this in the backstory about Kane. Just real quick. So Kane had a three-team... Uh, he had to submit a list of the three teams that he would be <laughs> traded to. Did you read this? And the three teams that he would do in previous years, he did the Sabres, the Jets, and the Golden Knights. Basically, three teams that would never trade him, even if they were like, you know, the end of the world would never want him. Ryan right. Reeves right. would never want him. So, yeah. so essentially, he had a no trade clause for years because he would pick, you know, and now that list is growing. Of teams <laughs> that would never trade for him. Right. That's hilarious. Yeah. I you like know, that a lot. Did he put the thrashers on there too? <laughs> as well. What a, what a uh, dipstick. Dude. That's funny though. What a dipstick. But that's just good strategy. If you don't want to get traded, then you just name all the teams that hate you with a passion <laughs> and would never want to lay eyes on you again. I like that. <sighs> anyway, dude. All right, dude. Good times. All right. Good times. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.